0: At nine years old, I got molested again by, but this time by a guy, by an older cousin. And he was the one that introduced me to porn at nine years old. He was always like that cool older brother that I always wanted. So I kind of just went with the flow and you know, every time I would sleep over, he'd turn on that TV, boom, porn. Every single time, right? One time he came over my house. I remember my, my uncle saying, yo, it's time to go. And I remember begging him like, yo, can you sleep over, can you stay over? He was like, okay, but if you, if you want me to sleep over, you have to do this. My name is Jose Guzman. I'm 20 years old, um, a psychology major, and um, so I I grew up Catholic. Me and my family grew up Catholic. You know, I did the the baptism, the the first communion, and confirmation. And I remember when um uh, my parents, my mom was forcing me to do the confirmation. and I told her, I I don't think I'm Catholic. I don't want to be labeled as Catholic. Yeah, I believe in God and Jesus, but. I don't really want to do this, and she, I remember my mom. She told me, "No, you're gonna do this because this is what we do, and this is our tradition, and you're gonna do this." Hmm. And
1: how did that make you feel when when you heard that?
0: Um, I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel like what I said really mattered, and but that's kind of how I grew up. So I kind of just just went with it. Hmm. So in my childhood, I at seven years old, I was molested for the first time from, um, by one of my cousins in, in New York that I didn't even know that well. I don't know how it happened, but she ended up like staying over our house for the summer for a week or two. And that's kind of where, where it started. And, you know, she was just super cool to me. She had like all the, the DS games, the game boards, everything. And whenever I asked if like I could play with her, she was like, yeah, but if you want to play, you have to do this. Mm. And I never really understood it, but I, I kind of just went with it. And at nine years old, I got molested again by but this time by a guy, by an older cousin. And he was the one that introduced me to porn at nine years old. He was always like that cool older brother that I always wanted. So I kind of just went with the flow and you know, every time I would sleep over, he'd turn on that TV, boom, porn, every single time, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and it made me feel good. So I just kind of went with it. Um, You know, he was like like a big brother to me. And uh, one time he came over my house. I remember my, my uncle saying, yo, it's time to go. And I remember begging him, like, "Yo, can you sleep over? Can you stay over?" He was like, "Okay, but if you you want me to stay over, you have to do this." And I remember thinking, like, uh, "Okay, whatever." And you know, whatever happened happened, and I was just in that, just so confused, and yeah, it just left me very confused.
1: Is these the only times that it happened, or did yeah. it happen again? So, how did these encounters affect you looking back now? How did they affect the way that you were that you began to behave?
0: Affect me in a big way. I um because i was molested so so many times i also became curious with with other cousins right and so you know i got older and we, i just stopped it right because i knew it was wrong but yeah because <laughs> the enemy's tricky because I, you know i went through all that molestation and brokenness i was like giving that out to other people right you, know? you
1: didn't you didn't think at that age you don't really think that there's something wrong happening this yeah. is just what i i know now yeah. right yeah! Wow did uh, did you share with your parents or anybody at this point what was happening or was it was just something that was within you and your cousins and your family? Yeah, it was just something that was
0: kept quiet. Yeah, yeah. my mother didn't find out until I went to therapy mm-hmm. because of you know depression, anxiety that that um, my therapist kind of forced me to tell my mom. So got it.
1: Yeah. So so give us a little bit more information on on or just insight as to. You know, you went through these encounters at a really young age. Then you start to experiment for yourself. Now, really indulging in it. How did it affect it as you're becoming a teenager and as you're growing up? You mentioned now that you had depression at some point. Like, can you give us a little bit more insight as to how that progressed?
0: So, growing up, my dad was um, very abusive, and I remember at I want to say seven or eight, he uh, would force me to watch like horror movies at night. And I remember one time. I literally like pissed myself on the, on the couch and on myself. And I remember my father saying, you're going to finish watching it until the movie's over. And it was just very traumatic experience. And growing up, you know, he was very abusive. And I remember specifically this one time where, um, when you have like a baptism, we did a little, uh, baptism party for my brother and, you know, he got money for it. And we would put like this, we had this big jar in my, in my room with money that we would Put in there for like vacation and stuff, and at this time I was in middle school, and I would take twenty dollars here, forty dollars there, you know, to go to the movies. I'd go to the movies with my friends, and he found out that I had took all that money. And I remember my sister taking my little brother out to the park because she knew what was going to happen when my dad got home. Mm. And I remember he um he went straight to the backyard, which I thought was weird, and he came inside with a piece of wood, and you know he started like kidding me. He was I'm going to show you like this is what you do with people that steal money. I remember him beating me and beating me. And, you know, it got to the point where I couldn't even feel the pain anymore. You know, I was on the ground. I I couldn't move. And I I honestly thought I was going to die that day. And um, the only reason he stopped was because my mother got home. And I remember my, my mother saying, like, my dad's name is Jose as well. So she was kind of like, Jose, like, I think he gets the point. I remember, like, he just told me to go to my room, but I couldn't get up because I, I was just so beaten up. And I remember he he carried me and put me on my bed. And... Five minutes later, he came in with bags of ice and started wrapping them on my leg. Mm. And then he put a $20 on the dresser and he said, so you can buy yourself something later. And he went to work. And just stuff like that, that, that he would do was very traumatic. So growing up, I I just had so much resentment and anger, not towards just my family, but towards the world. In middle school, you know, I um, was very curious with, with, with girls. I never did anything at that time, but, you know, I was texting girls the way I shouldn't. I was sending pictures and I was getting pictures. And it wasn't until until high school where I fell in love for the first time. I met this girl and she suffered a lot with like depression and anxiety before I even understood what that was really. So it was a very toxic relationship on and off. But one thing I remember her saying was she said to me, I wish bad things kept happening to me because I knew you would always be there. And my at that time I was so in love and so it didn't matter to me. I just kept running back. It was crazy because every time we would, you know, take that break, and we weren't together, I would have six other girls that I, that I would um be talking. I'd be on Facetime with one, and you know, talking to so many other girls. I probably hurt so many, so many women like at that time because whenever that that my girlfriend would come back, I dropped everything. And it wasn't until it finally ended that I started going through severe depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts to the point where you know i couldn't be in a group with more than 5 people without getting like a severe anxiety and panic attack and my depression was so bad that there was days where i wouldn't even eat and i'm already skinny and i'm like i'm losing like 20 30 pounds and at that time my parents didn't really think much of it cuz they just thought i was you know a rebellious teenager just being in my room so my parents never really thought much of it how how old are you at this time uh f- 16
1: okay
0: yeah and um during that time my sister met um, uh, her husband now, but at that time, they were just getting to know each other. And as the time I was going through all this depression and anxiety, he had came into the picture. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, brother, like, this is terrible,
1: right? Why, remember, did, you, why did you think that was terrible? Just because it was a guy dating your sister or was there anything specific?
0: It was because everything I was going through, I had told my sister. And I told her, the, the only thing I requested was, don't tell this guy that I don't even know, hmm. right? And a couple of weeks later, I found out that she had told him. Mm. So then that's where my hatred or my resentment towards my sister came even stronger. And, you know, I felt like I couldn't trust her or anyone, right? And at that time, my parents weren't even speaking to me because I stopped playing soccer and I was running track and they were like, we're not going to support you in any other thing you do. And I yeah. was kind of like, okay.
1: <laughs> really, really quick. You said your uh, the hate for your sister became really stronger. Was there hate before, before that?
0: Yeah, because she got... I think she gave her life to Christ when I was in middle school, yeah. and in middle school is when I was starting, you know, to get more curious with, with girls and skipping school and doing all these things. And you know, she would always snitch on me, and I hated. It. I was like, "You used to do all these things, so why can't I?" Right? Yeah, but then yeah, I just despised like my sister's husband, and I remember him telling me like, "You're gonna, you're gonna get saved. Like, you're gonna come into the Lord. Your heart desires it." Mm. I'm like, yeah, whatever bozo, and knowing now that I'm saved, I know that the enemy tried to like put all these thoughts in my head, like um that it was terrible timing for him to come in, but that happened because the enemy wanted to distract me from the fact that this man, like now he's like a huge leader in my life, yeah. and he's helped me grow grow- grow so much with the Lord. I'm just so thankful for him now, and um,
1: yeah, so how did you uh come to the to Lord. the Lord, yeah. Like, how did you how did that begin to happen for you? Obviously, now you have somebody who is speaking to you about God and, and yeah. you know, uh, prophesying essentially over you, but then also you have your sister who is an example, but obviously, you're not fully there. Yeah. What happened for you?
0: So, it was specifically like two months before I gave my life to the Lord where everything was just even more bad. Like, I would like girls, was always my thing, sex was always my thing. I was never really into drugs or smoking. That was never my, my thing. But the, uh, two months before I got saved, I started smoking and drinking because I was I felt so empty inside. Mm. And I was just looking for anything to fill that void. And once my sister got saved, she would always invite me to Sunday service or Friday night youth events. And I would always tell her no. But it got to a point where, you know, she met this guy and she would kind of stop asking me. And that, that made me curious. I was like, yo, now that you stop asking me, I want to go. Mm. And I went and I would see people worshiping and you know, praising God, and it just made me feel very uncomfortable, and it was weird to see, but it was something about it that was tugging me back, knowing I was the Lord, but, and from that moment, I just kept going consi- consistently, and consistently, but the reason I didn't want to give my life to the Lord was because, you know, I didn't want to let go of porn, masturbation, like, sex, and all these things that I was doing, right, I didn't want to give all that away, and it wasn't until one Sunday, one Sunday service, there was um, baptisms after that Sunday service and I remember staying and I watched every single baptism and I heard their testimony and it just touched my heart and when that was all over I remember the pastor saying there's someone in here who wants to give their life to the Lord but you keep pushing him away you keep saying you'll get saved later, you'll get saved later mm. but the time is now, he has you here for a reason. I was felt so convicted because I knew he was talking about me but in my mind I'm like, uh okay, maybe he's not talking to me. There's a lot of people in here. So I remember walking out and I remember pastor coming to me and tapping me on my shoulder and he looked me in the eye and he said, how are you? And I was like, oh, dang," because I just knew what that meant. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm good. And then I remember he walked away and I just felt this tug and I knew it was time. And I, I went to pastor and I said, the man you were talking about is me. And he just smiled and we did the, the prayer and, you know, I gave my life to the Lord and ever since then, like, it's, in just a radical transformation. Like all that hate that I had, all that anger and sadness that I was living with for so long, the Lord just just took it away. And it was beautiful to see that the first thing that the Lord attacked was um the molestation. And, you know, he would give me dreams of, of the of my cousins. He would give me dreams and and just I would pray and he would he would tell me that these are conversations that need to be had. These are people you need to forgive. I remember I, um I talked to you know my leaders about it, and they're like, it would be yeah it'd be re- really beneficial if you did speak to that person, mm. and that's exactly what I did and you know and I looked her in the eye and I and I apologized for everything and <laughs> and the funny thing is is she just looked at me and she said I know, and I just felt this huge like just lift come off of me and
1: wow now is this the is this the girl that first well the second the second uh, the second person that put you in that situation. Um, no, this was um, or this is people that you yeah. specifically. Yeah,
0: because the Lord had told me that this specific person that I had the conversation with, she was also molested by the same person. Wow. So, and I remember, yeah, that's just it's beautiful. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's funny. That's the first thing the Lord attacked and brought to my attention, and um, because of the the molestation and what had happened to me when I was younger with a guy. Um, after I got saved, then we started putting all these lies in my head that that the Lord can't love you. You're gay. Mm. Like, what happened when you were little? You wanted it to happen. Wow. You know, and at this time, I don't know how this happened, but this rumor got around at work that I was gay and all my coworkers would come up to me like, yo, are you gay? Are you bi? I'm like, no. And it got to a certain point where people just kept asking and asking. And then I asked myself, like, am I gay? And obviously that was the enemy's plan and obviously i know i'm i'm not but i'm just grateful for the what the lord has done and um yeah
1: how, how long have you been now like faithfully walking with the lord <laughs> six months six months yeah can you uh, looking back at your life and 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 everything that you've been through what can you say are the differences between uh, before Jesus and now walking with Jesus. You've mentioned a couple, but I just kind of want you to expand a little bit more on that, on what you're experiencing today as you walk with Jesus.
0: Oof, what I'm experiencing now is just love and peace, which I didn't feel for a long time. I just, I was always angry. Hmm. I would always, I was just disrespectful, a bad example from, from my brothers, just a disrespectful, rebellious kid. And it's funny you asked that because my, my mother, a couple of days ago, she, she because um, my family has seen how much I've changed. And my mother told me, I, she said, the Lord sent you and saved you first so we can know that God is real. Wow. Because you, you went from this angry, horny little kid to this man who, who preaches the gospel to people. And, you know, you're just a, a great example for your brothers. And it, just her saying that meant a lot to me. Yeah. It meant a lot. And because I went through all that trauma and molestation and, and abuse and heartbreak, depression, anxiety, I remember when I was, like, at the darkest spot. I remember praying. and I told the Lord, like, if you're real, God, Jesus, whatever, if you're real, I don't want to feel like this anymore.
1: Mm.
0: You know, now that I'm saved, I know the Lord went. He made me go through all that. And it, it, um, it revealed the passion that I have. For for psychology and mental health, and that is why I'm a psychology major, and I know that's one of my callings to to help children um with my that have gone through molestation and and all this abuse, and I know one of my other callings is to be an evangelist,
1: mm.
0: and I'm currently walking through through that at my job, you know, and because the grace the Lord has given me, I'm I'm able to I've brought people who are atheists to church, I brought people who who grew up in the church, but were you know, where are shame and men had to sit on one side, and women had to sit on one side. You know, and I've had people say to me, "I will never give church another try." Wow! And they've they've came, and it's it's been beautiful what the Lord's doing.
1: Yeah. For for anybody who's watching your testimony, Jose, whether it's a, a young person who has gone through some things that you have gone through, or uh, maybe is a parent or someone who knows of someone who has gone through the things that you have gone through when it comes to abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, what can you say to whoever is watching your testimony right now?
0: If you're filling that that void in your heart with with sex and drugs and porn and masturbation or whatever it is, and you're still feeling that emptiness inside of you. Why not give Jesus a, a, a shot? And if the word God or Jesus even triggers you, like, you gotta ask yourself, like, like let's say this. You you feel empty right now. <laughs> like, you give Jesus a shot, the worst thing that can happen is you'll just end up in the same spot you are in right now, you know? So, I would just really encourage you to just give it a shot because that's exactly what I did and now I know happiness and I know peace and it's it's beautiful.
1: To to anybody who has gone through, specifically has been molested in their lives, and maybe they haven't told anybody and nobody knows, what can you say to that person?
0: First thing I would say is don't blame yourself. What happened to you wasn't your fault. And it it would be very healthy and beneficial for, for you to speak to someone that you trust, someone that you know won't judge
1: you. Um, yeah.